Good morning and welcome to day 16 of Morning Prayer with St. Cuthbert. Let us pray. You are the maker of earth and sky. You are the maker of heaven on high. You are the maker of oceans deep. You are the maker of mountains steep. You are the maker of sun and rain. You are the maker of hill and plain. You are the maker of such as me. Keep me, O Lord, eternally. Amen. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 20. May the Lord hear you in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend you. Send you help from his sanctuary. And strengthen you out of Zion. Remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. Grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your mind. May we rejoice in your salvation and triumph in the name of our God. May the Lord perform all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord will save his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the mighty strength of his right hand. Some put their trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will call only on the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen but we are risen and stand upright. O Lord, save the King, and answer us when we call upon you. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Merciful God, purify our hearts in the flame of your Spirit, and transform our toil into an offering of praise, that we may reject the proud rule of might, and trust in Christ alone, for he is our Lord, for ever and ever. Amen. The Gospel reading begins in Luke chapter 9 at verse 1. And he called the twelve together, and gave them power and authority over all demons, and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God, and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through all the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, 
and by others, that one of the prophets of old had risen. Herod said, John I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. On their return, the apostles told Jesus of all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them, and spoke to them of the kingdom of God, and cured those who needed healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away, to go into the surrounding villages and countryside, to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fishes, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people, for there were about five thousand men. And he said to the disciples, Make them sit down in groups of about fifty each. And they did so, and made them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up. Twelve baskets of broken pieces. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and to the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Here ends the Gospel reading. 
This is an Anglo-Saxon prayer from the Nunnerminster Codex. Lord God Almighty, you are wonderful in all your works, and you satisfied five thousand people with five loaves and two fish. I thank you, and pray that in accordance with this miracle, you will grant to us sufficient strength in our weakness. May our minds be renewed by your salvation, that we may lead a devout way of life, and so receive with joy the action of your grace. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Chapter 16 of Bede's Life of Cuthbert When the venerable servant of God had passed many years in the monastery at Melrose, where he had distinguished himself by many signs of spiritual power, Abbot Eata transferred him to the monastery at Lindisfarne to teach the true rule of monastic life in his capacity as a prior and to illustrate it by his own perfect example. Eata was abbot of Lindisfarne too. Let no one be surprised to hear that Lindisfarne, as well as being an episcopal see, a fact which I have already mentioned, is also the home of an abbot and community, for indeed it is. The episcopal residence and the monastery are one and the same, and all the clergy are monks. Aidan, the first bishop, was a monk, and he and his followers kept to the monastic life. Hence, every bishop of Lindisfarne has exercised his office in this way. The abbot, who is elected by the bishop and a council of monks, rules the monastery, while the clergy, priests, deacons, cantors, lectors, and the rest, live the full monastic life together with the bishop. Blessed Pope Gregory showed himself a great devotee of this way of life, as can be seen from the reference he makes in his reply to Augustine. He was the first bishop Gregory sent to the English, and had written to ask what sort of life the clergy should lead. I quote from the letter, You, brother, have been brought up in the monastic rule. Now that the faith has been brought to the English, you must not start living apart from your clergy. Introduce that way of life practised by the fathers of the early church, none of whom claimed as his own anything that he possessed, for everything was held in common. So when Cuthbert came to the church and monastery of Lindisfarne, he handed on the monastic rule by teaching and example. Moreover, he continued his custom of frequent visits to the common people in the neighbourhood, in order to rouse them up to seek and to merit the rewards of heaven. He became famous for miracles, for his prayers restored sufferers from all kinds of diseases and affliction. He cured some who were vexed by unclean spirits, not only by laying on of hands, exhorting and exorcising, that is, by actual contact, but even from afar, merely by praying or predicting their cure, as in the case of the sheriff's wife. Some of the monks preferred their old way of life to the rule. He overcame these by patience and forbearance, bringing them round little by little through daily example 
to a better frame of mind. At chapter meetings, he was often worn down by bitter insults. But he would put an end to the arguments simply by rising and walking out, calm and unruffled. Next day, he would give the same people exactly the same admonitions, as though there had been no unpleasantness the previous day. In this way, he gradually won their obedience. He was wonderfully patient, and unsurpassed for courage in enduring physical or mental hardship. Though overwhelmed by sorrow at these monks' recalcitrance, he managed to keep a cheerful face. It was clear to everyone that it was the Holy Spirit within giving him strength to smile at attacks from without. Such was his zeal for prayer that sometimes he would keep vigil for three or four nights at a stretch, so they say, without ever sleeping in his bed. And there was nowhere to rest outside the dormitory. Whether he was praying alone in some secret place or saying his psalms, he always did manual work to drive away the heaviness of sleep, or else would do the rounds of the island, kindly inquiring how everyone was getting on, relieving the tedium of his long vigils and psalm singing by walking about. He would upbraid the monks for their softness in being annoyed if any restless brother should awaken them at the wrong moment. Nobody vexes me, he would say, by waking me up. In fact, I am pleased, for by driving away my drowsiness, he has made me turn my mind to doing something useful. So full was he of sorrow for sin, so much aflame with heavenly yearnings, that he could never finish Mass without shedding tears. He would imitate, as was only fitting, the rite he was performing by offering himself up to God with a contrite heart. He urged his people to lift up their hearts and give thanks to the Lord God more by the yearnings of his own heart than by the sound of his voice, more by sighs than by chanting. His thirst for righteousness made him quick to reprove wrongdoers, but his gentleness made him speedy to forgive penitents. Often, as they were pouring out their sins, he would be the first to burst into tears, tears of sympathy with their weakness. And though he had no need, he would show them how to make up for their sins by doing the penance himself. He wore quite ordinary clothes, neither remarkably neat nor noticeably slovenly. The monastery follows his example to this day. The monks are discouraged from wearing expensively dyed cloth and are expected to be content with natural wool. By these and other spiritual works, the venerable prior fired all good men with a desire to emulate him and recalled the wicked and the rebels against the rule for their obstinacy in error. We come to our prayers of intercession. Let us pray. O Holy One, above and beyond, whose ways and thoughts are great, like the heights of the heavens above the earth, 
we give thanks that you are also God with us, that you surround and undergird all life, and that you are closer to us than our very breath. For the things of your Spirit, hidden in the depths of the human soul, and for the wellsprings of salvation deep in life's landscape, from which in every place and every time we may draw inner strength, we offer thanks. And yet we know also in our lives, as in all people's lives, the times and places when it seems there is no salvation, and the world appears forsaken by your Spirit, where the earth and its elements lie polluted, and gladness seems banished all around, where cities are battered into ruins, and nations are torn apart. For ourselves, for our loved ones, and for all people in such places and times, we pray, O God, in the sure conviction that you do not will one of these to be hurt or destroyed in all your creation. Amen. The Collect O God, who has taught us that all our doings without love are nothing worth, send thy Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love, the very bond of peace and of all virtues, without which whosoever liveth is counted dead before thee. Grant this for thine only Son, Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. And we pray as our Saviour taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And finally a prayer for ourselves. The sacred three be over me, with my working hands this day, with the people on my way, with the labour and the toil, with the land and with the soil, with the tools that I take, with the things that I make, with the thoughts of my mind, with the sharing with mankind, with the love of my heart, with each one who plays a part. The sacred three be over me, the blessing of the Trinity, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.